Sometimes life is messy. Have you ever wished you could refocus your mind, home, relationships, and work life? Join us as we use research-based information to make practical changes and simplify life. This is Life Simplified. Welcome to Life Simplified. If you've been with us throughout the month of May so far, you know that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. If not, we hope you'll go back and listen to the previous episodes that we've already done this month. In keeping with the trend this month, each episode is going to feature a different aspect of our mental health, a different area that we can focus in on our mental health, and we are using the Mental Health Awareness Toolkit provided by MentalHealthAmerica.org, so we encourage you to go there and check that out as well. Today, we're going to focus in on how our home environment can affect our mental health. Having a healthy home environment can play a huge impact and a huge role in our mental health. So optimizing our space to improve our mental health is something that anybody can benefit from. And especially for those who are living with a mental health condition, it is one tool of many that can be used to improve and support your mental well-being. So today, we're going to discuss different ways that we can work to have a healthier home environment and to take that stress off of ourselves take that load off so the first thing I want to talk about is practicing tidiness you know just having a clean and tidy space so let's think about what can we do to create a tidy space and there are a few tips that we're going to kind of go through today so the first one is to start small so ladies what do you think about like when you think about a tidy space starting small I think that's difficult because I want all of the spaces to be tidy at the same time. But I recognize that that's not happening. So one thing that we do, and this is recent, we have started taking everything out of the car when we go into the house. I found that, and I know that's not home per se, but... I found that I was getting really stressed out with all the things being in the car. And I'm, my husband's listening and he's laughing and he's saying, you're the worst one. So I do use my car door as my trash can. So I am one of the worst about getting all the things out of the car. So I'm talking to myself here, but we made a goal to take everything out of the car because the back seat gets full of things that no one wants to carry in. But that, that's been going for about two and a half weeks now and we're doing good. I love that. And honestly, I feel like I need to backpedal. And so I'm going to ask you this, um, which I wish I had asked first. How do you feel when your space isn't tidy? Mm, That's a good one. So your your vehicle that you've now got this plan, how were you feeling before you implemented this? Stressed out. And I know it was just in my car. It's not like I'm in it all the time, but we do drive quite a bit for our jobs. So every time I would get in, I would see all of the things and just think, why can't we just take that somewhere else? Why is it why is it right here? I need to put this item for a project or a program that I was headed to. I needed to put this in my car, but I didn't have a place to put it because I already had me, even me, I already had something in it from two days ago. Yeah. So how does it how's it felt so far? Like now that we're trying this out and everybody's it's, taking their stuff in? It's much better. So how about you, Amanda? How do you feel when your space is not tidy? 
So for me, I kind of ignore it for a while. So it happens at our household a lot when we're busy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you all know, you all we have jobs that sometimes we have to work in the evenings Mm -hmm. and then my husband's job as well. So sometimes like we pass in the mornings and then we're just trying to survive with our tiny human and make sure he's ready for daycare and fed. So a lot of times it's like maybe Thursday, Friday and we're looking around like, hmm. Yeah, this place mm-hmm. is a disaster. And then by Saturday, it's very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, my gosh, I've got to get all this done. And I got to hurry up and then kind of grumpy. Like, why did we let this happen? And then, you know, so it's kind of a mix of emotions. For me, just personally, I have tried to clean up the bathroom in the mornings. As in, you know, when you're getting ready, you've got your brush here, your toothpaste. And sometimes you're in a rush and you don't always put it back in the cabinet where it's supposed to go. So I've been trying to be more intentional about cleaning up just little small things in areas and or like when my son is done eating breakfast, we make sure we try to get all the stuff, clean Mm -hmm. the high chair off and that way it's ready to go when we get home for dinner. And those small little things like that has kind of helped this far. Yeah, I love that. And I think like both of you, when my space is not tidy, especially and I think it's that drop and go, like we're so busy, like drop this thing, go to the next thing. And there's just not that time to kind of put things away like they need to be. It it makes me feel very overwhelmed, but also like just kind of anxious at times, you know, when there's just clutter is what I think bothers me the most. Like if there's 10 million things on top of the kitchen island and I'm like, I need to cook dinner, but all this stuff is here. Why is this here? It doesn't belong here. It needs a home. And kind of our family's drop zone feels that way too. My kids have like the built-in locker stations where that in my mind was going to be nice and tidy. And my mind had the wrong vision, I think, because my kids thought, well, this just means I dump everything in the floor in front of the drop zone. So that can get overwhelming to me too. But I think that's the whole point of like when we start small, it's because we can feel overwhelmed. Once we get to that point where the clutter has built up and we've had a lot of busyness and a lot of things have been left where they don't necessarily belong, we feel overwhelmed and it can be difficult to get started. Like, what do I even do? There's there's so much. I don't know where to begin. And so choosing that one area to start, like just choosing your vehicle, like this is what is causing me the most struggle. So we're going to start here or for me, the drop zone or whatever, whatever area it is, I'm going to start there and I'm going to start improving that space. And maybe it's like, I'm going to clean it, but then maybe I'm going to organize it and figure out how can I make this work better. So in the future, I don't continue to spiral into this. And that can make me feel a lot better about that area. And then something that you kind of hit on, Amanda, it's being mindful throughout your day can help us to be more tidy and keep things more clean. And that's putting those items back where they belong when we're done with them. So instead of letting it pile up, putting the toothpaste back up and putting the hairbrush back in the drawer that it goes to and putting the dirty clothes in the hamper. And, you know, my kids really struggle to, I'm like, I have a really nice hamper that is three feet away from the pile of clothes in the floor. And it would make me feel a lot better if you just put those clothes in that basket. And I don't, obviously they're not feeling overwhelmed by their untidy but I am and so I think that mindfulness that you said you know just if we do it as we go then it doesn't pile up and it's not so overwhelming at the end of the day or the end of the week or the end of the month Um, we've kind of taken care of it as we've gone so those are two great ways we can keep a tidy space and speaking of the mindfulness I think that is I think that's really important to do and but why is it so hard Mm -hmm. and maybe this is just me but 
I told you I'm the one that just shoves the trash in the door and I'll deal with it when the door is full, I guess. I don't I don't know what my thought process is here, but I think sometimes it's just I don't want to do another thing today. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to do it. And would it be easy for me to just take that wrapper inside? Yes, it would. But then that's just another thing I have to do. So being intentional about it that yeah, and it's hard doing it. Yeah, because our son is walking now. So it's Mm -hmm. I'm trying to brush my teeth and we're trying to get out the door like I'm just throwing it and it's landing. (laughs) But being like, okay, yes, he's in here tugging on me. And we're, you know, or running into grabbing something he doesn't need to grab, but just two seconds. Mm -hmm. And there's Mm -hmm. a last last minute um, diaper change and clothing change. Always something. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And I think we we do. We get so bogged down. And I think I'm going to go back to our mental load episode. And so if you have not listened to that, I encourage you to go back to it. But I think we have so many things on our minds that sometimes even these small things like I could just take my trash and throw it away. I could just put my toothbrush and toothpaste back in the holder. They're, They're not difficult but our brain is going in so many different areas that we're just like I can't I can't put one more thing in there so we we don't and then it piles up for later and so if we can be more mindful throughout my day I'm gonna put this up and that's gonna take me a second but this is gonna be so much easier than having to do this later at the end of my day when I am truly exhausted and just kind of done with all of the things but then there's also another way we can incorporate a different form of mindfulness into our tidiness. And I think it's really interesting. I actually have some study that I'm going to share with you here in just a second. But we're talking before about being mindful, just being aware of being aware of putting things away. But there's also mindfulness where we are really present, where we, we absorb the situation we're in. And so practicing mindfulness while cleaning. So in the process of our of doing a chore, being mindful. And so one example that I want to read to you because it really kind of sounded interesting to me is one study found that people who were mindful while washing dishes, and so being mindful while washing dishes would be like taking time to, to smell the fragrance of the soap, to feel the, the water, the warmth of the water, the temperature, and to just absorb the experience as a whole, reported a 27% reduction in nervousness. And also a 25% improvement in mental inspiration. So just kind of being more present in that moment of washing the dishes improved mood and lowered that nervousness or that anxiety level. And I think that is intriguing to me because I don't necessarily know that I have had a a lovely mindful experience while doing the dishes because I don't love doing said dishes. But I can see the value. And if this is a task I'm going to need to do anyways, and it doesn't just have to be the dishes that just was the study that that was at hand if it can improve my mood if I can be more focused in the experience that I'm in and maybe dishes washing dishes is more fun if you have a a scent of soap you enjoy or if the warm water on your hands feels nice especially if it's been a cold day and like if you're like me I'm cold all the time so warmth sounds good to me but being able to take those tasks that we have to do and we may not typically like and focusing in and I think the only way we can do this is if we let go of that mental load because probably we're washing dishes and we're thinking about every other task that we're about to have to do or need to do or should do or we're shooting ourselves to do so that is one tip about how we can create a more tidy space I wonder have any of you ever done practice mindfulness in your cleaning I try to avoid cleaning at all costs so (laughs) especially dishes and vacuuming yeah the dishes is one I've I've 
handed that task over to the two older children. You've delegated. I have delegated. Yeah. I have delegated. And then they try to delegate to each other. But yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> what? I can't off the top of my head right now. I can't think of a I'm intentionally thinking about. Yeah, I've, I, it's not a concept that I would have thought of, but it, you know what? It may work for you. And so I encourage you that if there are certain cleaning tasks that you do sort of enjoy, then be mindful ex- and enjoy the experience. Maybe you like vacuuming because it's quiet and you can put some ear pods in and, and listen to some music and let your kids be you know out of your space. And I think that's okay. So maybe it's a good mindful time, a good meditation time, a good let me just ex- you know enjoy the experience. So that could be one day that you... One way that you could have a tighter space and enjoy getting it that way and then once we have a space that feels clean and feels tidy we're thinking about how can I organize this to, to optimize it to the best use and so that I'm more likely to put things away and not let it get kind of in disarray again and so I wonder are you two organizers I'm not by nature like a heavy organizer like I want things to be put away and I want things to look nice and clean but I'm not real great at like the labeling and the containers and the let's make this function so how is that for you too I like to organize you so, lit up a little bit when I was yeah, like organization was like, yes organization <laughs> I don't want to clean it I don't want to do all of those things but I will organize it all day long I do try to find a home for everything, and that's one of the things that I would love to be able to do. I'm not saying everything in my house has a specific place for it, but that that is the goal. That is the end game. And that's <laughs> everything one should thing, have a home. <laughs> right. If it doesn't have a home, it needs to leave. I that's one thing that I've tried to work with my youngest, and we try to organize her toys and her clothes in a way that it's easier for her to find them in the mornings and then easier for her to clean up her room how about you amanda not so much i'm not a big organizer (laughs) we live in chaos most of the time so as long as it's up somewhere i've been trying been trying to be better about about organizing like especially in the mornings it's easier if we have my son's clothes organized so i have like here's the long sleeve here's the short and my husband's like which drawer which is it i'm like you know this it's the same spot so i'm trying to be more intentional to make life easier like we've talked about but as far as the specific organizing and labeling, I tried, I've, I've tried to be better about it, but it's just, it's not happening right now in this phase, mm-hmm. in this season of life. It'll can, get there. I can understand that. Definitely. And, and again, like I said, I'm not, I'm not the la- labeler. I do want things to kind of be in a place. And I've found like what is very intuitive to me for a place, something to be is not intuitive for my family, particularly in putting away the dishes in the kitchen. They're just kind of like, I didn't know where it went, so I put it here. And I might spend, you know, 10 minutes looking for the favorite spatula that should be in the certain drawer and is not in the certain drawer. But, you know, that's on me. Maybe I need to label, do an organization chart for them. But organizing can be a good way to help us to keep from getting back into the habit of clutter, you know, having a home for things um, and being more apt to put them back in that home instead of having them lay around. But then, Ashley, you kind of hit on it. Once we've kind of done that, we've tidied our space, we've, we've organized, getting rid of some things can really help us with that, too, because it's hard to organize and keep decluttered when we have just too much stuff. And so getting rid of our unneeded belongings can be a good way that we can have tidiness and and make that home environment just feel a little bit less chaotic. 
And so that's one thing I've been trying to do. Um, We've moved twice in the last two years because we sold a house, moved into a temporary living while we built a house and built it and then moved into that house. And so as I've moved and packed things up, I've tried to declutter and get rid of things. But man, we accumulate a lot of stuff. Um, And I find myself being like, well, I haven't used this lately, but there might be an event or an occasion that this item is very handy and I've got to let go of that. And so for me, a lot of times the unneeded belongings are my kids outgrowing clothes and shoes that I need to go ahead and get out of my house. I'm not planning to have any more children, so there's no need for me to save these clothing for any future children. They need to go on to someone else who can need and and use them. And then just just stuff. You know, if I buy something new, let go of the old item. Like, I bought the new thing for a reason. Why do I feel like I need to have two? I probably don't unless I specifically bought it because I needed an extra one. And so that's something I know that I can do. How about about you two? Are you good at kind of like, let's get it out of here? I know, Ashley, you said if there's not a home for it, it needs to get out. So is it depends on really what it is. But when my husband and I got married, we combined two full households. I had been living on my own. He had his own space with two children and they had a home full. I have a, I had a three bedroom home filled with all of my things in all of the closets. And then that had to shrink to all of my things in one closet and then share a closet. So I'm not saying we were really great at it, but He had to get rid of a lot of stuff. The girls had to get rid of things. I had to get rid of things. And then we're still in the process of getting rid of things. And I found it interesting that you said, you know, you have a hard time trying to get rid of the clothes. And me, I'm like, you can't wear that anymore. It's got to go. And my youngest is like, but but that's so special. So-and-so gave that to me and da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, okay, well, we can keep some of the things. Let's put them in a box, all the special. And I'm trying to save the t-shirts and things like that in case we ever want to do a t-shirt quilt and those kinds of things. But it doesn't fit anymore. It's got to go. So full disclosure on the clothes, I have gotten to the point where they are bagged up in trash bags. But my hall closet right now, if you opened it, is like bags. Like, Full of trash bags. Like trash bags piled on top of each other that have been there for, and I'm not joking, like months. Months they've been in my hall closet. And they really just need to be donated. Literally, the, the only purpose is for me to donate them. But for some reason, getting them to my car and then getting them to said drop-off spot has just eluded me. I don't, I don't know. I've just haven't been able to get that energy up. And here's the thing. I think I'm afraid to put them in the car because then I think maybe I'm going to drive around with the bags of clothes in the car for a while. So um, let me, if you're listening, we have not clearly not perfected these skills. We we are a work in progress because my whole closet is working on it. I'm the guilty of it gets to the car. Mm -hmm. It takes months to get to the car. And then when it gets to the car, it's there for a while. So I still have some things in my car. Yeah. But like you said, we're working on it. That's right. We're getting better. Getting better every day. Mine is books. So I can get rid of the clothes. I have a hard time getting rid of the books and I will find a place for them. You have a full library. So I think we've discussed a lot about this practicing tidiness. And I think that's a huge piece of uh, our healthy home environment. And you know, I 
I don't know about you all, but when you do accomplish this, when you do get everything cleaned up and organized and in its place, you just feel like you can breathe a little bit easier. Like, you know, a little bit of that weight is off your shoulders. And I think that is a whole part of that. That's how this really helps our mental health. It's that one less thing in the back of our mind that needs attention from us. And so just thinking about how you can start small, how you can be mindful throughout your day and, you know, Again, start small. Just start small. Don't overwhelm yourself. Choose one area to start, maybe one room, maybe one corner of one room, and break it down however you need to, but you'll get there. So the next area of a healthy home environment that I want us to kind of talk about is probably the room that we spend a whole lot of time in. I would say most of our time when we're at home, and that's our bedroom. And so one thing we can do to make our home a little bit healthier is thinking about making our bedroom really sleep friendly. Because when we think about our mental health, sleep is pivotal. You know, our body does a lot of healing and restoring when we sleep. And if we're not sleeping well, we're not getting the benefit of that. And that can make everything else in our day-to-day life that much more difficult. So what are some things that you like to do in your room to make your bedroom sleep friendly? we live on a kind of a main highway so we have the blackout curtains Mm -hmm. and so we I've recently realized that we don't have any in my son's room and is it he is his bedtime is a little bit earlier than ours so it's still a little bit light so we're going to have to transition you know his his blinds to that but that's all that's really helped with you know cars coming by or time changes for it to be to be dark for us and I think being dark is really good I use my cell phone as my alarm but we do have an alarm clock in the room too and it's got a dimmer switch on it so we can make it as light as possible you can't see it it's not super bright right yeah you can turn down the brightness Mm -hmm. on it and I think that's great because um, one of the main things you can do to improve your sleep and make your bedroom more sleep friendly is making your space dark Um, we actually need our space to be darker and so blackout curtains are great we've always had those for the kids like because they might want to nap in the middle of the afternoon and it can be so bright that you really can't even get them to get down so having those blackout curtains and then in our house we chose to do blackout roller shades so that's been really helpful too when we we need to have some of that that light out especially in the summertime I don't know about you all but for my kids in the summer like I still when they were really really little I still wanted to start the process of getting in bed about 7 30 but the sun is still out a yeah, lot of times exactly. and they're like no the sun's awake and I'm like yes but you don't need to be um and so being able to go in their room and get those blackout curtains or pull those shades down can be really helpful to start getting their them in the mindset that it's time to go to bed and even like limiting electronics in your bedroom so like your phone your television they create blue light and that disrupts our circadian rhythms and so light itself tells our brain when we should be awake and when we should be asleep and I think we we spoke a little bit about this in the outdoors when we were talking about some we talked a little bit about circadian rhythms but this is big here too and I never really like I know I've looked looked at my phone and we talk about how you shouldn't look at your phone right before bed because it wake wakes up your brain television too and I can remember as a child having a television in my room And I had such a hard time sleeping. And so as a kid, I don't think I equated this together. But looking at this now, like if you're a parent or if you yourself like to watch television in your room, you might want to start thinking about like, maybe I'm going to shut that off 30 minutes before I'd like to go to sleep and make sure that 
that, you know, some people like to set the um, sleep timer and just go to sleep with it on. But maybe that is not helping your brain to realize it's time for me to get some rest. So yeah, definitely dark spaces make your bedroom much more sleep friendly. What other things can you think of that help your room to, you know, make it easier for you to get rest? A comfortable blanket and mattress. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I have a cozy blanket. I am very cold natured and the husband is not and he does not appreciate sweating to death. So I have my own cozy fuzzy blanket that just stays on my side of the bed and does not touch him. And that works for me because then I feel cozy and comfortable. Um, But he doesn't. And actually, one thing that research says is important is you should actually keep your bedroom cool. So cooler temperatures help us to sleep better. And so the actual ideal sleeping temperature is between 60 and 67 degrees Fahrenheit. And so I wonder, do you all stick with this keeping your your bedroom a little cooler or... I feel like that's cold. It feels to really me, cold. Feels like I'm over like here winter. like I might need a second cozy blanket. <laughs> yeah. Right. Maybe not that. Yeah. Uh, but yes, we do tend to keep our room a little cooler. Now, my son, for example, he wants it warm. So it's warmer in his mm-hmm. room, but for us, and we're like you, I freeze, mm-hmm. and my husband tends to sweat at night if it's above 70, it feels like. So uh, we try to try to find that happy balance. I don't notice it so much in the winter. I feel like we keep our room at a really nice temperature in the winter. I'm not too hot. I'm not too cold. I'm like Goldilocks, just right. <laughs> I love it. And But the summertime is when it's hot and I want a blanket on me at all times Mm -hmm. so there's probably a way that we could make it cooler during the summer but and we already have the fans that's a whole nother thing but Mm -hmm. but I don't want a fan blowing on me either so yeah and they say you know that 60 to 67 again that I feel like I'm cold thinking about it honestly I'm sitting here in a jacket in a room that is not really cold but you know that's me so I you know keeping it there but then also the suggestion is like if you are you run a little warmer you can have a fan and if you're like me and you freeze you have your cozy blanket and you have it there and you have it ready and also it sounds like for you Ashley like you want a blanket no matter what and it's not necessarily about temperature I think for some it's like security Mm -hmm. I don't know about y'all like I need something Mm -hmm. on me I can't I can't even just sleep with a sheet like I want something with some weight to it and I know um, one of the big things out there in the last several years has been weighted blankets and the way it makes you kind of feel a little more secure and safe and cozy have any of you ever tried a weighted blanket I've not tried one I've had thoughts of trying one but then I'm afraid it'll make me feel trapped so I don't know (laughs) I've tried one and I wasn't really I wasn't a big fan of it um just because kind of like you I feel like I can't move yeah a lot a lot but I did try it like when I was kind of like in the summer kind of cold watching tv not sleeping yeah so maybe if maybe if you do it when you're sleeping you're not really moving around a whole lot I don't know yeah, I've, I mean, I've heard some pros and cons for it. Um, one thing I do think there are different, I don't think, know if people know this, but there are different weights. Yes, mm-hmm. there is. Yeah, yeah. I didn't so, know that until I got one as exactly. a gift. You, so you need to research. Like if, you, if you're if you listening and a weighted blanket is something you've thought about, like, yes, go give it a try. But make sure you do the research because based on your body size, you need a different weight. And so you don't want to feel like it's too much. Or if you get a very, very light one that's more for a child, then you might think, well, this did nothing for me. So there is, I think, a happy medium. So that's something you can consider. So we've talked about keeping our space 
dark and keeping it cool. And then I think noise is the other factor that can um, really hinder sleep. So do you all do anything for noise in your homes or is that not an issue for you? I never did before, but my husband uses a fan. And so as long as the fan is not blowing on me and touching me, then we're good. And I've found now if he's out of town and takes the fan with him, it's a little harder for me to sleep just now that I've gotten used to it. So I was never a fan person. I didn't want to be a fan person, but I married a fan person. So here we are. Um, For me, no, not in our room. We don't. It's pretty quiet, I guess. Sometimes I feel like there can be too much quiet. I don't know if you've ever felt that way before, but too silent. Like I can hear everything. Exactly. So we travel to my parents. Um, As I mentioned before, we live about four hours away from them and they live about a mile off the road. And when we go there, we're like, it's super quiet. Mm -hmm. Like you can hear everything. So there can be too quiet. I think for our son, we have one of those noise machines Mm -hmm. and and maybe we need to invest one of those and taking it with us when we travel. I don't know. But in I guess in no, there's not really a, anything specifically that we do for noise. Yeah, um, I, I definitely think you can be too quiet. And we don't typically have issues with noise being too loud because, again, we're in the country. We're on the farm. We're not super close to anybody else. And so there's not a whole lot of like city noises or traffic noises um, that I ever notice. Sometimes I can hear a train, but that's that's fairly rare. It has to be really quiet. But I don't like it to be too quiet because I start hearing all the things and things that may not even be there. You know, my imagination can get really cute on me when it's too quiet. And so we do always have um, a small fan, not really for the temperature, but just for the noise or a noise machine in all of our bedrooms. And we've all kind of gotten used to that. And I know when I go out of town for work and I'm at a hotel and they don't have a fan that you can turn on like to to run, I'm like, why is it so quiet in here? And I have a really hard time sleeping. And so I do need to start remembering to pack a really small fan that I can just kind of put on the bedside table to kind of help lessen that. Some other things you can do if noise is an issue for you. Music. Some people like a little bit of light music in the background that can kind of be soothing and help you get a restful night's sleep. Or if you struggle with sounds like maybe um, the person next to you snores a lot, earplugs might be something that you want to invest in if that's really hindering your ability to get a good night's sleep. Because sometimes with noise like that, we can fall asleep, but we're not getting into that good REM sleep. And so we wake up and we don't feel rested. You know, like, I've slept all night, but have I really? And so it might be helpful to try out some earplugs. I think we've discussed some really good things. Focus on the temperature of your room, the the darkness, the noise, all of those type things. But making your bedroom more sleep friendly can really boost your mental health in your in your home environment. And having a bedtime routine. We oftentimes have bedtime routines for our children, but do we have one for ourselves? And that can help you quiet your mind and help you calm down before you're ready to go to sleep. Yeah, absolutely. You you know what comes next. You know, our our body really thrives on routine and knowing what what's coming. So I think that is a good point as well. We do we give our kids a bedtime routine. We need one as well. 
Well, ladies, I think we've had a really good discussion on healthy home environments, um, particularly around our tidiness and cleaning up kind of those areas where we feel we've gotten a little bit cluttered. And then also different ways that we can improve our sleep and make our bedroom more sleep friendly. And so I think we've um, shared a lot of ideas and have a lot of things that we can begin to work on and ways we can make some improvements. So I want to kind of stop us here today so that we have the next week to really focus in on these two areas of healthy home environments. And then we'll come back in our next episode next week, and we can continue on discussing the other areas of healthy home environments. Um, So next week, we will talk about creating comfort, checking air quality, and then setting ourselves up for success overall in making healthier home environments. So I thank you all for joining us. Please come back next week to hear the second part of this. Thanks so much. This is Life Simplified. Thanks for listening to Life Simplified. We are family and consumer sciences agents with the University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service. Contact us at lifesimplifiedpodcast at gmail.com.